Welcome to the We Are SE podcast. This is Eric McKinney, and we're here with kind of a, a special edition of, of the We Are SE podcast, a little bit different. Uh, this week, I was able to go down to the TAF Club of San Diego on Monday night and go up on stage with USC offensive coordinator and quarterback coach Graham Harrell and host a little Q&A with Coach Harrell. And, and he was, again, you know, very upfront and honest and open in a lot of his answers. And so uh, able to record that and, and we're just going to play uh, that Q&A. And, and he went long enough to where we're going to have to split this up into sort of a two-part podcast. So when we finish this one up, go ahead and stick around and make sure you check out the second part of this. So without further ado, we're just going to go straight into that Q&A with Coach Brown. I want to thank everybody for having me. I know I'm kind of, uh, you know, not, not the show here. Um, but we'll get into it. Uh, Graham, can, can you give us sort of a, an idea about how you got into football? I know it's a, it's a football family, but kind of your story of just getting in and, and playing and turning it into a, a bit of a career. Uh, really, it's all I've ever known. Um, so my granddad was a high school football coach in Texas. Uh, my dad became a high school football coach in Texas after my granddad and then both my brothers were actually both high school football coaches in Texas. So um, it's all I ever knew. I grew up in a field house, grew up in a locker room. Uh, I could tell you stories about you know being a little kid growing up up there forever. Lots of uh, lots of injuries between me and my little brother, really. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but, but so so that's all we did. We grew up in the locker room. We hung out. We ran around. Mom tried to get us out of the house. So we're actually three boys. I'm in the middle of three boys. So uh, mom did everything she could to get us out of the house. As soon as we got to school age, she or she made us catch the bus to high school after school every day and go be, be my dad's uh, problem from then on. You know, so that's what we did. We that, we grew up doing that, and then I played for my dad at Ennis. Um, we moved around a little bit when I was younger, but then we settled in Ennis when I was about a third grader. And uh, I can actually remember my dad's third year there. They weren't real good. And uh, I was leaving the game with him. And he actually told me this will be the last time we ever, this will be the last year we're ever in this place, and he's still there. So uh, I guess that's coaching. But um, then he kind of got the season turned around that year, and the program changed. That was, I don't know, that's probably 97, I think. And uh, from then on, they've had a great program. Obviously, played for my dad. Uh, went on to play at Texas Tech for Coach Leach. Uh, was in Canada for one year. Was in Green Bay for about four years. And then got back with Coach Leach at Washington State for two years. That was when I first got into coaching. I was up there. Um, kind of my only time on the West Coast, I guess, in my career. And then, uh, but, but with Coach Leach, he's always going to coach the quarterbacks and call the plays. And so um, that's what I always wanted to do. And he let me work with the quarterbacks quite a bit on the field because uh, that's what I knew. But, uh, but, I always wanted to coach quarterbacks and, like I said, have the opportunity to call plays. And so our running back coach at uh, – the, the guy that was the running back coach at Texas Tech when I played was named Seth Latrell. He was the offensive coordinator at North Carolina. He got the head job at North Texas. And, um, you know, I grew up in the Dallas area. North Texas is only about uh, 60, 70 miles from where I grew up. And so when Coach Latrell got that job or, or thought he was about to get the job, he called and asked if I'd be interested yeah, mine is so dull as heck now, you know. It's a choice that sucks. My wife's also from Texas, and Paul Washington is a bit far for her, so she was really excited about going to North Texas, so we ended up in North Texas, but um, that was a rough spring. It was, it was, I mean, that was the worst football team ever assembled. It had to be wrong, but um, we got it going, and it hit on a quarterback. We got it. 
you know, we signed a little bitty guy out of a little bitty town in, in uh, Oklahoma. And we actually took a grad transfer from from uh, Alabama. He was a fifth-year senior at Alabama, a big giant kid, uh, 6'5", he had a rocking arm. And we took him as a transfer and signed this little bitty 5'9 Native American kid from, from Oklahoma. And uh, the 5'9 Native American kid beat him out. So we played him. And, uh, it's the best thing that ever happened. Like I said, it got me here. So. Yeah. What was it for you about wanting to call plays? And that's something that you kind of mentioned a few times. Um, and then a little bit more about transitioning to coaching. Was that, was that an easy thing for you? Was this always kind of the, the call for you? Well, I always just wanted to be a high school football coach because that's all I knew. Like I said, my granddad was a high school coach. Um, my dad's a high school coach. And by the time I started to get into coaching, um, both my brothers were already into, into coaching at the time. So. Uh, I was a little behind, I guess, you know, because I was playing still. But um, I was that my my fourth year at Green Bay, I got released by Green Bay, kind of bounced around, spent a couple weeks in New York with the Jets, bounced around a couple places, and uh, by that time I was married, and we had a house in Tyler, so she was living in Tyler, and I was living wherever whoever called me, you know, and so um, living in hotels, bouncing around, and uh, after the season was over, I was still I was actually still training to play, uh, but. It was, like I said, it was starting to get tough, especially with the wife and, and her uh, having to stay home. So um, I started looking into high school coaching jobs. And, and uh, I actually had an interview in Midland, Texas, at, at Midland Lee High School, which y'all probably aren't familiar with Texas, but that's like the end of the earth down there. <laughs> all, it, all it has is oil fields. And, uh, but they play good football. And, and uh, I was about to take the office coordinator of job at... at uh, I went out there and interviewed. He offered me the job. I was going to take it. His name's Coach Morgan. And uh, I'm driving back from, it's like a, I don't know, nine-hour drive from, from Midland to uh, to uh, Tyler, where we were living. And I'm talking to my wife, actually. I can remember. And she's like, what do you think? And I said, I love it. I mean, I don't love it out here, but I want to coach. And so I was probably going to get into it, and I was ready to take it. And on that same drive home, Mike Leach called me, and he said, I heard you think about getting into coaching. I said, yeah. And uh, he said, I don't think you should. I think you should keep playing because you can still play. But if you're really going to get into coaching, why don't you come coach for me? And uh, the, yeah, I said, if you'll give me a playing ticket, I'm in. And so he's put me in a Pullman, and I've been coaching ever since. So, there you go. And the these people care about the, the conversation with Clay Helton. How did that get started? Was that something where, you know, when you saw, obviously, you know, Cliff, King, Cliff Kingsbury was here for about a month? When that opens up, is USC on your radar at all? And then what's the conversation like with Clay Helton? How does that get hammered out where you end up here at USC? Um, it wasn't on the radar at all, really. I Because uh, I loved it where I was. Like, it was home for me. And, and we're about, you know, out in Texas, 70 miles is like an hour drive, where 70 miles out here is like a 12-hour drive. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when I say I was 70 miles, I was close to home, not far from home. Um, so I was real close to home, and we were about two hours from my wife's home. So we, we loved it, and uh, we loved where we were. Um, I had my son, and he loved being close to grandparents. I mean, like, I mean, he doesn't know, he's three, but uh, he did like being close to grandparents, and, and uh, he had a good life. We lived in a great neighborhood, and we have a really good, I thought we had a really good team coming back in North Texas, to be honest with you. My mother, a quarterback, he'd been playing since his true freshman year, was about to be a senior, and uh, really our whole offense was about to be a senior. So we had a great team coming back. Uh, especially offensively, off a of, off team that was pretty good. So we thought we could do some special things this year. So I wasn't really looking to leave. And uh, had actually turned down some opportunities to go elsewhere. 
um, just because we were so happy at, at, at um, North Texas. And I worked for a great guy in Country Trail, and um, again, it was just a good place for us. And, then, and I didn't know Coach, I, I've never met Coach Helton before, and it's got a random call. And I actually didn't answer because I don't answer no numbers, and he left a message and said, to play Helton. Just trying to get a talk. I want to talk to you about our uh, offensive coordinator position. And, and actually, I, I, I don't know, it was a while until I called him back because I didn't know. It was late back home, and I, you, you forget about your time change. I'm like, I'll call him in the morning. I'm like, ah, I need to call him tonight. So <laughs> I kind of had to debate my head. But I think I talked to him at some point, and um, we just had a conversation. And just talked about, I mean, we talked more about life than football probably. And uh, this was on maybe like Wednesday or Thursday. And he said, I'd like to fly you out here and show you the place. And so we, I think I think Saturday we flew in and uh, flew out Sunday night. And like I said, he offered me a job while I was out here. And uh, flew home, talked to the coach back home. And, and like I said, it's U.S. I mean, like I said, I loved it where I was. I wanted to be where I was and, and wasn't looking to leave. But it's not every day you get an opportunity to be at a USC. I mean, it's... I mean, a debatable top ten school of all time. It's not a top five school of all time. Program of all time, and, and you don't get many opportunities to be at a school like that because those jobs aren't open very often. And so, um, I'm thinking this might be a once in a, a once in a career opportunity to go at, to go be at a school of that caliber, and uh, it was too good of a deal to turn down. So, um, took the job and flew out here as quickly as I could. Got the family out here, and, and uh, it's been great ever since. We. Uh, Southern California has been different than, than obviously Texas, but uh, I remember talking to my I was talking to my agent when when I was still trying to decide, and uh, we were talking about the pros and the cons, and one of my main cons was living in Southern California, and I kept telling him that he actually lives somewhere between here and, and L.A., and he said you need to stop saying that's a con because there's a reason there's a lot of people out here, you know, people want to live out here. And, uh, there's a reason there's no one where you live. Uh, so, that's what I have to say so. But, uh, so, but we loved it. We really have it. And my son, like I said, it's, he, it's tough for him to be able to grandparents sometimes because we can go see his grandparents anytime. But um, he has a season pass to Disneyland now. He goes to the beach all the time. He tells, he tells everyone he lives where Mickey lives. So, uh, he's happy. And, if he's happy, it makes everyone else pretty happy too. So it's been a good move for it. All right, so we'll dive into football a little bit here. You've talked about a lot the, the air raid system not being a system, it's more of a philosophy. I wonder if you could just kind of expand a little bit on maybe the tenets of your air raid philosophy. What does it rely on? What are some of the first things when you get to a program like USC? These are the things that we have to be able to do these important things to build around this offense. Uh, I mean, what you really got to do is have good players, you know? <laughs> I mean, if you have good players, most offenses work. And so, uh, <laughs> I don't want to get to a decent situation. We got some good players here, so that helps the calls. But uh, more and more, I think, than, than offense. And, and I think the key to winning anywhere is just having is setting the right culture and, uh, and getting the kids to believe in what you can do and believe in your culture. And so that's what we try to do from the beginning. And, uh, you know, we, we, we told them we're going to have a ton of fun, but we'll hold them to an extremely high standard and uh, you know I think great players want to be held to a high standard you know, if a kid doesn't want to be coached he probably doesn't want to be great to be honest with you and so um, we told them we'll hold them to a high standard and uh, we told them who we want to be and if, and if you 
if any action is outside of that, there's going to be a consequence for it. You know what I mean? And that doesn't mean, and what I always believe is you've got to be selfish, you've got to be tough, you got to be disciplined. If you can do those three things, um, you can be pretty good. And, and if they can buy into that, and um, and so we tell them if, if any action out, is outside of that on the football field or off the football field, in the classroom, or tutoring, on the streets, uh, on a Saturday night out with your friends, if, if, if you make any action outside of being self-stuff and disciplined, there's going to be a consequence to that. You know, being late to a tutor, that's selfish, that's undisciplined. Um, there's going to be a consequence to that. So, um, but we also had to let them know that we cared about them. So, so I think uh, until they know we care about them, we kind of really, you know, it, it's hard to hold people in high standard because they don't trust you yet. And so um, there was a little pushback early on, I think, and, um, you know, in, in the first meeting we had, I told them, there's a lot of new faces in here, uh, talking about the coaching staff, but, and, and we didn't recruit a lot of them, I mean, we didn't, obviously didn't recruit any of those kids, and, and uh, they probably don't feel like they're our kids, but the, but the day we took this job, they became our kids, you know what I mean, and we love them, and, and we're going to care about them, and that's going to be our main focus, is, is, to, is to take care of those guys, and, and again, they want, they didn't believe that, I don't think, you know what I mean, they, 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 there's no reason for them to believe that, and I told them it's going to take time to, to build trust between us, you know, on both ends here. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to try to hold you to a high standard. Like I said, early on, there was a lot of pushback to that. And, you know, uh, we get a list every single day about who was late to tutoring, who missed a class, who was late to class, who did whatever, you know. And so um, every day I put it up on the big screen and say, and, you know, just so they can see I was lying to them, like your name's on this list, there's going to be a consequence for that. So, um, again, there was a lot of pushback early on. Uh, but the more we were around them, I think the more they realized that we do care about them, the more it's best for them, and especially once spring ball got going, it became a lot easier because we were able to spend a lot more time about them, they, uh, the time around them. And we got to coach them, we got to spend quality time with them, uh, we got to be hard on them on the field, but also uh, have fun with them on the field. And they started having fun and seeing that, again, we truly wanted what was best for them, we truly cared about these people more than as football players. And so it went from you know having to find that list and having an argument about why they were 10 minutes late for tutoring to you know, your phone rings, like, hey, I'm talking 10 minutes late to tutor me. And, and uh, it's like, well, good, you're still going to get on the person climb. Like, oh, you know, like, even though you called and told me that. Uh, but I don't know, I get it, coach. I want to get on it. I just don't want you to find out through the list, you know, and stuff like that. And so uh, when they start to do that, I think you can see that they start to realize you do care about them and they care about you. And when that happens, you're able to, like I said, start to build on that culture that we were trying to build. And, um, and that was one thing we really wanted to focus on in the spring, and it wasn't my, really necessarily my focus. It was when I got there, you know, everyone's telling me what we need to do differently than the last year. I'm like, we just need to go, like, just go play, man, and, and figure out what to do. But, but one of the coaches said, we got to get an offensive swagger, right? We lost that, we lost the swagger, we lost the confidence offensively at some point. And, um, and so that was one thing we really focused on. And again, I think a lot of it comes to building the culture, uh, is, is kind of what he's talking about. And so, um, the kids really bought into the way we do things. Like I said, I think we simplified things offensively. It made it easy for them. Took the thinking out of it. Just let them go play. Because um, there's a lot of talented players at SC. And obviously, if you're not talented, you want to be at SC. And so, um, instead of having them thinking and trying to figure out an equation, you know, like a 40-word play call and, and figure out where they fit in that equation, we just said simplify and go be you. You know, I mean, go use your talents. You're a talented kid. If you want your, you want to be here, so we're gonna simplify and let you play fast. Stop hesitating. And let you go, and um, and they bought into that. Like I said, they they, um, they bought into everything we taught them and everything we, we preached to them. And because of that, they started having success and having fun with it, and we just got better and better as the spring went on. And by the end of things, you know, I think they walked out there and expected every day to be very successful, and, and uh, that's what we 
that's, that's the expectation that we want him to have. That, that every play or every time we touch the ball, we should go score. And uh, they started taking the field like that, and, and you could see it. And they started having a ton of fun during spring ball, uh, trusting us as people, and it helped. And, and honestly, uh, we have great kids there, and that's they, our team is, is great, great people. And it's not not just talent. We we have talented kids. There's no question about it. And I thought coming into SC, and I told a lot of people this is. You're dealing with a bunch of five-star recruits who have been told how good they are their whole life. And I thought I'd walk into a place with, with a lot of talent and a lot of egos. You know what I mean? And uh, don't get me wrong, there's egos like, like everywhere. But um, it wasn't near as bad as I thought. I was expecting, you know, Michael Pittman and Almond Ross St. Brown to, if they didn't have the ball, just stand there and watch the play and pop because they didn't get the ball in that play or whatever because they're big-time guys that want the football. And they want the football, don't get me wrong. So... After practice, when they don't get the football, they come remind me they didn't get the football. So, <laughs> but, but on that play, when they don't get the football, uh, they're just such competitors. They are running as hard as they can possibly run to try to go throw a block because that's who they are as individuals. And, and uh, so, like I said, not only do we have great talent, we have kids that love playing football, that play it the right way, that play extremely hard, that love to compete. And, and because of that, it makes it fun to coach. And, and it made my job a lot easier this spring um, because of guys like that. And again, we preached that and we told them that's how we're going to play. They bought into it, and uh, it was a fun spring, so we just got to keep it rolling. Maybe one of the things that makes the job more difficult is when you walk in and there's a wide-open quarterback competition. Obviously, you know, that's something they play elements right up. When there's a new offensive coordinator, a new system, that's a position that's going to get them a lot of uh, get a lot of focus. Can you go through the, the quarterbacks and, and what you saw out of them? I know you've watched some film before spring, and so you had an idea of maybe what some of the guys could bring to the field, but... Uh, curious kind of what you saw, JT Daniels, I mean, obviously Matt Fink now being in the, the transfer portal, but with JT Daniels, with Jack Sears, and, and the true freshman who was impressive, Pete Slovis, uh, this spring, what you saw from them, if they sort of exceeded expectations, and then how that position looks going into the fall, how you expect it to carry on through the, through the summer and into fall. Yeah, I think, I think those quarterbacks, uh, it's an interesting room because they're very different people, and uh, not only as players, but personalities and leadership qualities and stuff like that. They all, uh, we don't we don't have many that look the same in there. And a lot of times, that's not common. Because a lot of times, with some of the coaching staff, the recruiting kind of the, the same mold. You know what I mean? And, and uh, we didn't really have the same mold. Like I said, we had four totally different guys, and and, uh, and so it was fun. But but um, I, I think they all have strengths, and they all obviously have weaknesses. I think uh, you know, just starting with Jack, who's the oldest probably of leadership qualities, he's, he's as strong as any of them, you know, and I think uh, he's, he's the most athletic in the run, probably uh, creates, throws well on the run, and, and like I said, creates with his feet, and, and Jack, um, to be honest, he's just best when you just, like I said, if, if the period's not scripted, if the period's, um, just put the ball down the play, and that's when Jack's better, you know? and, and that's something you want in a quarterback, is not... Uh, you know, some quarterbacks who are really good at one-on-one, a little worse when it gets to 7-on-7, seven seven, a little worse when they get to 11-on-11, 11 11, you know what I mean? Where Jack's almost the opposite. He's better at 11-on-11 11 11 than he is, like, 7-on-7 seven and 1-on-1, one one, which, uh, again, that's what you're looking for because you play 11-on-11 11 on, 11 on, on Saturday. So um, that's just kind of who Jack is. Like I said, when you put the ball down and just play, that's what Jack's at his best. Uh, he works as hard as he wants on the team, so I think he has the, the respect of the teammates because of that. Um, and he's a fun guy to coach because he wants to be coached and, and just does everything right. Um, you know, after that, JT is next. Um, and we have a pretty young room, obviously, uh, when JT's your second oldest. But, um, 
you know, JT anticipates very well. He, uh, he throws the ball well. The ball comes out of his hand well. Uh, and he has, he has more experience than anyone else because uh, he got to play last year more than anyone else. And so I think uh, you, you can't, can, I don't think you can put, you know, put a value on how on how much experience helps you. And, and so um, not only from a standpoint of you've seen a lot more and, and, and played a lot more, but uh, the, the confidence it gives you because, of, again, just the, from being out there. And so um, I think he, uh, he he probably was able to play looser than anyone this, this spring just because uh, he, he had more experience, to be honest with you. And, and uh, but like I said, the ball comes out of his hand well. He anticipates well. He's extremely sharp. I think JT, um, and he'd tell you the same thing, well, when he gets in trouble, he tries to overanalyze everything because he is very intelligent. And so, again, our philosophy is stop thinking, let's just go play. Don't hesitate, don't think, just play, man. And uh, JT sometimes likes to slow down and start thinking about everything, and that's when uh, he gets himself in trouble. I think, you know, towards the end of spring, he started to see that and did a much better job about, like, you know, when, when the tempo's up, when, when we're playing fast, well, when no one's thinking about what just happened or what's about to happen, we're just playing. That's when we're at our best. And so, um, as spring went on, he got a lot better at that. But um, a natural passer, like I said, anticipates these things well and uh, is, a, is a really sharp guy. And Keaton, the youngster, uh, definitely exceeded expectations. You know, you got a guy that, that played high school football this past fall and comes in, especially at the quarterback position. It's, it's not easy to play as a true freshman in any position, but probably offensive line and, and quarterback are the two hardest positions to play early. And uh, Keating came in and just um, had an unbelievable spring. He's a well-built kid. I mean, a well-built kid. He uh, has a really natural throw motion. And uh, you know, I think one thing that, that probably helped Keating was um, one, it was a brand new system for everyone. So it's not like someone had two years of experience in this system on Keating. You know what I mean? They all, they all started on a, on a level playing field because. They all learned what we do the same day, you know. And so it's not like he was behind from that standpoint. And the other thing uh, that I think that helped Keaton was he, um, you know, he, this is the only system he's ever known. And so he doesn't have he doesn't have other things in his head where they've been taught. Well, this guy does this, and that guy does that, or whatever, to, to kind of cloud his mind at times, you know. What I mean, because they're uh, it's just two different systems, two different ways of thinking. What I think they did before and what we're doing now. And so Keaton hasn't ever heard the other way. The only way he's ever been taught to think is the way that we've been taught, that we've taught him. And so, you know, I think that helped him. But he's also a very talented kid. He's talented. He throws the ball really well. Um, he's a well-built kid. And, and uh, he just tries to do things exactly how you tell him to do them. And so that's uh, – he, he had a lot of success this spring because of that. You know, I think his, his weaknesses are probably just his age and his inexperience. And that's what I told him. Um, you know, I sat down with all of them, and, and that's kind of what I told him was – you know, you did a lot of great things this spring, so I think you've earned the respect of your teammates that the other quarterbacks already have because they've been there with these guys, they knew these guys, and so coming in as a new guy, it's hard, it's hard to earn that respect. But I think his play did earn respect from the team, from the team. Um, but now, like I said, he, he has a voice. And he has to, he has to work on being a leader. You know what I mean? Because he is young, and that's not a natural role for a, for a young guy to step into. So um, again, they, they all have things that, that they, they probably have advantages on the other guy, and they all have things that um, they're not as good at as the other guy. So um, it, it was a fun spring, it'll be a real fun fall. I think, you know, once fall gets here, uh, someone will really rise because because of the sense of urgency that it's gonna be, because we're gonna be three weeks out from the game, and so uh, somebody better step up because that position's wide open.
what do you see as, as kind of the ideal timeline that hits with that quarterback position in, in terms of naming a starter and then uh, the mechanics between you and, and Coach Helton in making that decision and uh, sort of announcing that, uh, the, the starter at quarterback? Well, I think after a couple of weeks, obviously, you're going to have to, to make a decision. I think we get, I don't know, 25 to 30 practices in the fall camp. So uh, for, for the first couple of weeks, uh, you're, you're just, it's basically spring ball weekend, honestly. You're just going to get your defense. You're not trying to scheme for a certain opponent or anything like that. You're just out there playing, trying to improve the football team. And so during those times, I think, again, you can have that competition open. Uh, after about probably two weeks of camp, you're probably going to have to really start narrowing it down because now you're trying to get into get into uh, opponent prep and getting ready for uh, Fresno State. And um, and you're going to have to start devoting reps, more reps to, to one guy or two guys uh, so that, again, you get ready for football games. And so, uh, again, early on for the, probably the first week to ten days to two weeks, um, we're going to let them battle it out, I would think. And then at that point, you got to, like, yeah, assess who's playing the best football at that time because that's who gives you the best chance to win and who's playing the best football at that moment. So um, whoever's playing the best football at that moment is probably going to be your starter going in. And uh, they have weapons around them. So uh, I would say let me go back in time and play with some of these guys. I mean, I had some special ones, but uh, we have a special receiving core. And so uh, with, with the weapons around them and, and the running backs we have out there, uh, who, whoever uh, – Whoever wins the job, whoever's playing best of the time is stepping into a pretty good situation. There's been a couple sort of terms that, that we've heard a lot. We heard a lot this spring, and you know, simplifying simplicity is one of them. But one of them that, that I haven't really heard, and I, I doubt anyone in this room because it hasn't been around SC football. You talked about running the grass a lot with, with the wide receivers, especially. Can you give us sort of a, a walkthrough of, of as a wide receiver when you're lining up? Obviously, you're given a play. There's a route, but how does that idea of, of run to grass, throw to grass, play to grass. How do you see that play? How do you get that across to, to the players to really take advantage of what you're trying to teach them there? Uh, I mean, if you're running a post route, there's a guy right there, not right there, running right there. You know what I mean? It's pretty simple. It's pretty much that easy. If you want the ball, go where there's grass. Don't go where there's people, you know? What that way? That's something you're very afraid. Like I said, we, we have some worse receivers that are good with the ball in their hand. And it's the one thing I know about receivers, they all want the ball, so they picked it up pretty quick. <laughs> I can see it. I said, if you run right there, okay, that's fine. You ran a post route, and you went right there, and you got covered, you don't get the football. So good job. You know, I mean, whatever. We'll throw it to the other guy that didn't run the person. You know, I mean, uh, it's pretty much that simple. And uh, we don't want to complicate things. And so, uh, you know, same thing with quarterbacks. When you talk about throwing the grass, I mean, if you're standing there before the play snap, Here's the deal. I think I think people get way too bogged down with like, well, what coverage is it gonna be? Well, who cares what coverage it is? I mean, like, I, if they got five people over here, one person over there, one over there, you know? like, let's just play numbers here. There's, there's better things that will happen to us. And so, if you see a big giant patch of grass right there, I don't care if it's cover two, cover three, cover four, cover one, throw it there. You know, I mean, it's pretty much that simple. And and at times, I think people people overcomplicate the game of football. And, and uh, you know, Coach Leach used to tell me, like, throw it to the open guy. And I'm like, well, that's... I'm sitting here in a chair, but, like, when you're out there, it's not that easy. Well, after a while, it's like, well, I guess it is that easy. Throw it to the guy that's open, you know what I mean? But you got to find the guy that's open. That's the tricky part. So, um, <laughs> again, we're just trying not to overcomplicate things. And so, um, you know, I can remember we, when we first saw a play, and just, just an example of JT, we, we were talking about... 
the most basic play in the, like the first play we install is stick. I mean, every every team runs it, you know. And uh, JT's will like it. They play cover three. Uh, he, he had some some foreign language full cover three play, and I'm like, first off, whoa, bro, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but if the stick route's open, throw it to him. If he's not, don't. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care what the coverage is. Throw it to him if he's open. If he's not, throw it to that guy. Because he'll be open, you know? And so, uh, I don't care if it's this cover three or that cover three. I'm like, it's cover three, man. Like, just throw it to the open guy, find the grass and throw it. So, um, that's the way we approach it. And, and, uh, and like I said, I think towards the end of spring, JT started liking it a lot more. At first, um, he wouldn't know where all 11 people were moving. And it's like, well, if he's throwing it over there, it doesn't matter where those 10 are throwing it. It just matters where that guy's moving. You know what I mean? So, take the other 10 out of the play and see what he does and let's make this easy, you know? So, um, we like yeah. We just try to simplify things. Don't make it overcomplicated. Um, they have they have routes, obviously, but but we just give them freedom within it. To, to, um, and, and, and it takes time. The, the quarterback and the receiver have to get on the same page, and they have to see grass the same way. You know what I mean? Like the quarterback has to see that as a as a good patch of grass to be in, and the receiver has to see that as a good patch of grass to be in. And if they can get on that same page, then we're going to play the line ball right there. And so um, that's kind of what we do. Like I said, we. If you want the ball, you're not going to go get covered. Run to get open. And so they do, and, and they get the ball. So. Where would you say the offense is right now in, in terms of being able to kind of master that system coming out of spring? Was it something where the progression is sort of where you need it to be right now for, for this team? Absolutely. They, they, uh, again, I think coming from a – and I don't know a ton about where they were uh, in, I mean, the system they ran, but I know it was very worried. I think it had some West Coast – roots in it, and uh, when I was at Green Bay, I played the West Coast offense, and to be honest with you, um, I, I mean, playing in the NFL, there was obviously some great things that came from it, um, got to meet some great people, learn a lot of good things, um, you know, and, and there were some special moments, you know, our first day we won a Super Bowl, that was awesome, but the best thing that ever happened to me about, I mean, the best thing that to me that came from playing in the NFL um, was a really strengthened my belief in the way we do things here, because I got to see it done a different way. My dad, uh, in, in high school, he ran, a, and we didn't run the air raid, but we ran, he, you know, we were kind of running the spread offense for him, also running the spread offense, and we kept it extremely simple. Um, I mean, like the play calls and stuff, you know, it was, it was simple, go out there and execute. And uh, then I get to Mike Leach, and same thing. We're going to keep it simple, go out there and execute. And then you get to uh, the NFL, and... Uh, <laughs> It wasn't simple at all anymore. So, so it, 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 you know, I, I can remember, it's like a 40-word play call. I mean, it's like this paragraph. And uh, and they put the little mic in your helmet. Thank goodness, sir. I would have been a disaster. But um, So when I would be in there, he'd be talking to my headset. And so he started to call the play, and I'd just try to repeat it as he's saying it. You know what I mean? And uh, and then I went through, I'd lose track, and I, my head, my mic went out, and he'd start over, and I tried to pick back up where I left off. And then you break the huddle, and as a player, I'm, I'm walking to the line thinking, I have no idea what I just called. You know, like, yeah. I don't know where anyone's going to be. I'm trying to think, like, uh, I called X go. This time guy's going to X, and we're throwing that thing beat me, because that's the only round I know. We're throwing the go. Because I at least know that X is running the go. And uh, it, it just paralyzed you. Like I said, walking to the line as a player, and and, uh, you know, Aaron, I think he had he had to sit for four years behind Brett Favre, and, and obviously those were frustrating four years for him, but it's probably the best thing that ever happened to him because he was able, if you get years in a system, 
you can you can figure it out, kind of master it. You know what I mean? And so he got to sit there and learn it for four years. Then they throw him in there and he has a ton of success. And and he's obviously not happy about the fact that he had to sit for four years. But maybe the best thing that ever happened to him. You see a lot of young quarterbacks get thrown in year one, and it kind of burns them out of the entire league because. Um, it scars them a little bit because they're not ready to do that. And so, uh, again, if you have that kind of time, it can be a very productive offense, obviously. But um, when you're coming in in limited time, and especially at the college level, we have less time to spend with the kids. Um, I think, like I said, being in the NFL, it just re it strengthened my belief and simplified things. And if I ever get the chance, I'm going to take the I'm going to take this. I mean, I'm going to let the kids play. Forget making it hard, forget making it complicated, make it simple, let them play fast, don't have them on that thinking because when they're thinking, they're not playing fast. And if you recruited a fast player uh, because he's fast, and then you got him on that thinking, so he's playing slow, well, now you've wasted your time recruiting a fast player because now you got a slow player, you know what I mean? And so um, it's like if we recruited him because he's fast, let's let him play fast. And so we simplified it, let him go play fast, and again, the NFL, uh, my time in the NFL strengthened my belief in that. And so, um, that's what we do, and that's why that's why I do it the way I do it. Because, like I said, I got to see it done another way at that level, and, and got to see what it did to young players. And it just, like I said, doesn't allow them to play. So, um, I think the guys here at, at USC, um, it, it's not like they couldn't have success. Obviously, guys, if they won a Rose Bowl uh, a year, a couple of years ago, right in that system. But when you bring in a young quarterback, well, now it's going to be tough. Um, when you bring in, if you're playing with a bunch of young players, which at USC a lot of times you are, because if you have success, you're going to lose most of your team in the NFL. So you're going to have to play with a lot of young players. We're trying to teach a lot of young players a really complicated system. You're going to have some down years. And so, um, again, I think we, that's why we, we, we simplify things. And I can remember when I went and installed the offense, and uh, I said, that's it. And, and <laughs> I think they were like, ah, that's not it. Just, he, he's got more coming. I just, they're just waiting for the rest of it. And then as spring went on, they realized that's really it. We're just going to get really, really good. <laughs> and, uh, and so they're, so I think they're ahead of pace because, one, we have smart kids. Two, we have kids that love football and want to learn it. And three, we made it really simple for them. And so, um, again, coming from what they did, it was just so easy and so simple. They picked it up extremely fast. And, uh, again, if you want the ball, you learn how to run your grass pretty quickly. So I think... The, the, where we are coming out of spring is in a great place, and, and um, more than anything, I like where we are as a, you know offensively with just as a culture. You know, what I mean, I think we had fun for this spring, and, and uh, at times I think the fun had been taken away from them last year, uh, kind of from what they from what they said, you know, just from the feeling you get coming going out there at times, they were almost scared to have fun at first. And it's like, man, be loose, have fun. I mean, it's football. Um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people watching. Yeah, you might feel a lot of pressure, but. You play football when you were a little kid. It was fun in the backyard. So why are we having so much? Why are we going to stress about it now? You know what I mean? Like if we lose, what's the worst that happens? If the coach get fired, you still have a scholarship. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you go have fun. You know. But, um, so after a few practices, they bought into that. Like they're going to have fun, and because of that, I think again they were able to to to, uh, to, to pick up the system faster have fun with it and, and really come together in offense and I think we started really building an offensive identity and, and, an, and an offensive confidence that um, have been lost a little bit. So uh, I'm excited to get to continue to work with them. Like I said, I wish I could work with them year round. The NCAA just doesn't let us. So we have a little break here. Summer's going to be big for them and uh, we'll get to pick it back up next fall but I think we'll be in a good place. Now when, when people hear Air Raid and, and then Mike Leach is, is brought up a lot of times when people talk about anything with Air Raid. 
And that's something where Washington State offense, USC fans have seen that a lot. But this is this is not the Washington State offense. This still has running elements, and with USC especially, that history with the tailback and running the ball is always going to be big. And so I think when you were announced with the idea of the air raids coming, there was a lot of panic of, that's it, we're never going to see another running back. There are some running backs on the roster. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of the run game in, in your offense and the fact that people are still going to see that? They're, they're still going to see running backs involved, running the ball, catching the ball, and, and being involved in the offense. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I've told everyone this. There's only one person that runs the area offense. That's Mike Leach. Um, so everyone that comes from Mike Leach gets tagged as an area guy <laughs> because we have connections to Coach Leach, but he's the only run one in the area. So... Um, if you really want to see the area, go watch Washington State, not, not USC. But uh, we're, we're, we have obviously our roots in the area. A lot of things we do, a lot, uh, especially the philosophy of the area of keeping it simple, of keeping it simple, out execute people, letting the guys play fast. Um, that, that's all I think area philosophy. Um, but but everyone that's left, Coach Leach has put their own fingerprints on the on the area, kind of made it their own, and, and, and I'm no different than that. I think I'm. Uh, not necessarily from run pass percentages, but but as far as like the way we do things, I'm probably as close to Coach Leach as anyone is from uh, staying true to the area. Um, as far as like I said, the, the way we run the offense. Uh, but but if you look at you know even even uh, at North Texas, um, run the pass. We were like 55, 45 pass to run, and. Uh, Part of it's because we had a really good running back, and everyone else sucks. So at first, so <laughs> you give it to your best player. That was the running back um, until they figured that out, and he got to fill it. Unfortunately, but um, but no, we, we we're going to run it. And I think this past season we were probably a little higher pass percentage because um, we lost that one. It was Jeffrey Wilson who started the last few games at, at uh, uh, San Francisco. So he was a really good player, but uh, but that's the thing about I think that. What, what I'm trying to do is, one, understand the importance of running the football because, uh, and one, it makes throwing the ball easier, uh, but also you've got to be able to run the football to, to win at the highest level, I think. Um, so at, at some point, they're going to make you run it, and you've got to run it, and, uh, and we're going to be good at running it. And I think also that, that running the football uh, gives your, your team, especially your offensive line, a different mentality. And, and if you just throw it every single down, um, I think – and whether it's fair or not, when you kind of label as a soft team and stuff like that, and uh, where, where if you do run the ball at times and and, and uh, get really good at it, you can really um, sell to the old line that you you've got to be nasty. You're still the you're still the heartbeat of this team, and we're going to rely on you to win football games. And and I honestly believe that I mean the offensive line uh, and the defensive line, really both sides of the ball. The line. If you're good up front, you don't have to be good. And so um, they've they've really got to take ownership of, of the offense or of the defense to to, to really be successful. And so uh, running the ball also helps them take that ownership because if they're just sitting there passing, sometimes I think they get frustrated and like, well, I thought you know you said that we're going to you know be the reason we win or lose. And even in the pass game, I think the reason you win or lose because if you've got a lot of time to throw the ball, it's pretty easy to play quarterback. If you don't have much time to throw the ball, it's not very easy to play quarterback. Just to be honest with you. So even when you're passing. They, they, they control whether we're having success or not, but I think they just feel more ownership when you run the football. And so uh, we, we really try to preach that to our offensive line, uh, and, and we believe it too. And so, so we'll definitely run the football more. But, but uh, my main thing is we just got to get the ball to our best football players. And I don't care if it's the running back, 
a receiver. I, don't know, I mean, if the quarterback's the best guy with the ball in his hand, he probably should be playing receiver. But uh, if he's the best guy with the ball in his hand, then we're going to the quarterback. But whatever, whoever's best with the football in their hand, we're going to try to get them the most touches. And, and obviously, we want to spread the ball out. We want to have multiple guys that are good with the football in their hand. But um, we're going to get our best players touches, and that's that's our goal. And I don't care where they get them, and I don't care if, if it's the running back, if I hand it to him or if I throw it to him. But that guy has to get touches, and we have some really good ones. I think Vi uh, is one of my favorite players on the team just because of the way he, he approaches football. He uh, he loves the game. He, he He's the most unselfish player on the team probably. Uh, you know, we'll have a one play with it, and we'll just have like a free hitch outside. If you got it, you can throw it. It's a one play, you know. The quarterback stands up and throws it. The person chasing the ball the hardest to throw a block is Vi, who was supposed to get the ball in that play. You know what I mean? Where... Some running backs might be pouting, and he's going to go through the hole and make two cuts and try to get tackled to make them think that he has the ball. And then if they don't tackle him, he's going to be chasing, trying to throw a block. And that's just the kind of player he is, the kind of person he is, the kind of competitor he is. Um, but he's also really good with the football in his hand. And I think uh, people think, oh, he's just kind of a, uh, and, and I mean, I don't know if people really think this, but at times, kind of what I hear is like, well, he's just, uh, you know, just kind of a powerful back. He's more, way more elusive, I think, than you think. He runs very strong. Um, he loves the game. He loves pass protection. Uh, he, he loves everything about the game. He just loves playing. And so uh, he, he's a special player. He's going to get lots of touches. He'll catch the ball in the backfield. He'll get hand, He'll get the ball handed to him on the backfield. Um, again, he'll get because he's so consistent in the way he plays, he'll get a lot of time. He'll get a lot of touches. I think uh, Carr, Carr's coming uh, coming back this year and, and had, had really some really great flashes this spring. And, and um, you know, he's got a different gear than most people. So uh, he'll get touches uh, but because, again, he's good with the football in his hand. And if you're good with the football in the hand, the philosophy or the idea behind our offense is to put our best ball carriers, give our best care ball carriers the ball with space. And if you do that, you give them a chance to win. You give them a chance to be successful, you give your offense a chance to win the football. Um, so we're going to try to put give our best ball carriers the ball with space. Um, and those two guys are, are, are good with the football in their hand. We're going to get, try to get creative about ways to get them the ball. And if people got a million guys in the box, it might be throwing it to them out of the backfield. But we still have to get those guys touches. And, uh, you know, um, so those two, I think, are, are kind of the more experienced ones. Um, who, who else we got? Keith had a great spring. He's a big back, strong, powerful. Uh, there was a week where uh, Vi and Carr were both sick. So they both had to set up right at the same time. It was a weird deal. Um, to have both running backs, and I think they're sticking with the same thing. It's like, what's going on here, man? Like, <laughs> you aren't spending too much time together. But, uh, so he's had to carry the load, and he had a great practice. And from that moment on, I think his confidence has changed because it just takes a little bit of success for, for your whole mindset to change and think, man, I can do this. And so it was great for him and Q, that, uh, who, who was the other one that got a lot of reps, and he's very similar to Marquise. Uh, I mean, he's very similar to Vi as far as he just loves football. He does everything right. So he'll get time, too. And so, to be honest with you, the running back position is probably our deepest spot. Um, as far as guys you feel very comfortable about, guys that are good players, guys that love football, guys that do things right. And so uh, that's going to be an important position for us. So we're going to have to always give those guys the ball. And uh, whether it be handling the ball, throwing the ball, and even, like I said, you can even look at Mike Leach's offense. When his offense is the best, the running back gets lots of touches. And so um, that guy's extremely important in the offense, whether it's the air raid or the power eye. You know, it doesn't matter what you're running. That guy better be pretty good, and we got a big, we got a good stable of them and that, that uh, we'll have to get touches, and, and we'll use them in different ways because they all have different strengths. And, uh, but then that and that's part one of the Q&A with 
uh, offensive coordinator and quarterback coach Graham Harrell down at the TAF Club of San Diego. So make sure you go ahead and stick around for part two. Uh, try to find that again, some more insightful stuff from Coach Harrell. Thanks for listening to the We Are SC podcast.